Okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to an episode of As It Is, formerly The End with Adam. I've got my first host on the new podcast, or shit, first guest on the new podcast. I got Wesley here, good friend, old friend. How you doing, Wes? I'm great. This is exciting. Isn't it? So we're, we're moving from The End to As It As It Is? As It Is, yeah. As It Is, okay. I like it. Yeah, man. Um, I got to show you the album artwork, too. I'm trying to fucking figure out how to get my album artwork to change, but I think I might have to create an entirely new like RSS feed, which I don't want to do. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I uh, I liked the end with Adam, the black, and like, it was very ominous. So uh, uh, is yeah. this podcast a more uh, lighthearted, uh, yeah. optimistic? Optimistic. Know, optimistic. optimistic. We're looking on the bright side now. And I try to do stuff that's like the way I think about it now is I'm not trying to take up people's time. I'm trying to trade their time for something that might actually help them. So, you know, like last podcast that I was doing, it was a lot of me, 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 like my stories, stuff about my life and the people that Mm -hmm. I knew. And now I'm trying to make it a little bit more universal. Like, what have I learned that I can actually tell people, which was a part of the end with Adam, and that was the original point, but I never quite got there. We just sort of reveled in the darkness for too long. Yeah, um, I mean, I like that as it is. It kind of reminds me of, what's the book called? Is it Fahrenheit 51? What's the book written by, I think, Kurt Vonnegut or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and there's always a line, and I forget what it was. Maybe it was like Stoic Goes or something. It kept being repeated in, a, in the book. Yeah, it was some catch. It was something that just kept being said. It's kind of what it reminds me of. But I, yeah, I like it. I like, you know, I, I, I'm uh, not an optimist by any means in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Uh, yeah, no, I got a couple of topics I wanted to just roll through. Um, but that. yeah, one the first thing though that I fucking found um, that I thought was hilarious was, did you see um, somebody on 4chan hacked Hunter Biden's laptop? And there is a fucking video of him weighing out crack on a scale and like complaining that, <laughs> complaining that it wasn't enough crack. Oh, I didn't hear the voice. Is that, that, was, that was what he was saying? <laughs> yeah, he was like, it's fucking 2.1. Like he was trying to get 3.5. He's clearly trying to get an eight ball of crack. And he's, it was only 2.4. Oh, 2.1. You can hear a woman's voice in the background being like, is that only 2.1? <laughs> only. Wait, so why do. What, what why crack you know you think you have all that money wouldn't you go to cocaine crack is like a faster high and it also is more you're like if you think you get depraved on coke crack is like the bottom basement of depravity like you just get truly like you know lizard brained with like stimuli and and i think that's what he's more addicted to you typically you see with rich people that do crack they they want to indulge while they're on crack so whether that's sex or whether that's like you know, fucking just high octane shit. Like it's usually is sex, but like it's, it's something that like just removes all inhibitors and everything is just like, you're just zeroed in, you know, into just your hell zone. So I think that's what he's, I mean, yeah, that, I guess that makes sense. Well, it sounds like he likes to waddle in the the lowest part of mankind. You know, he's just likes to be at the bottom. I mean, he's probably done some very shady stuff. With yeah. uh, children, underage people, things like that. Yeah. It sounds like he does like being at the bottom barrel. Have you seen? Have you seen Succession? Yeah, I have seen Succession. So, I, love I guess show. I just like Kendall Roy. Just sounds like, or the younger Roy just sounds like Hunter. But no, it it is Hunter. Yeah, it is. 
My whole thing, though, with this, because I, you know, I have a lot of conservative people around me, and they're like, did you know about Joe Biden's son Hunter? I'm like, I, I don't understand why that's a big deal. Is it just a talking point? Because like I, it's his son. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of wonderful families that have sons that do dumb shit. So I don't understand. Like, come on, there's better, there's better things you can say about Biden. Like, that, that, right. That's terrible, right. all that. But why does his son have to do with how he it is? Right? No, I, I agree. Is that just like a conservative talking point? It's like, it's both, right? Like it's it's the conservative talking point because it's like, you know, for four years, the Democrats trashed Trump, right? And Trump, right, was, right, right. for all intents and purposes, you know, a, a, a pretty, you know, as a person, a pretty despicable guy. Like he's just yeah. kind of a rude asshole, but that's about it. He's actually a teetotaler. We don't even know if he's ever even done drugs. Like he kind of doesn't seem like a guy that you can really, you know, make make any any true statements about like vices that he's into, whether unless it's like women, I'm sure he like, you know, fucks his, you know, Miss America contestants and shit. But right. then so I think the Republican response is like, OK, but you just voted in uh, the guy who's Hunter Biden's father mm -hmm. and Hunter Biden is like 50 times worse than Trump. So I don't know though, because it's not Joe, right? Like if you, Joe isn't his son, you know? Right. And I, I mean, I guess I don't know. I just look at like out of all the ammunition you have on Biden, why are we focusing on the son? And I don't understand quite the Ukraine thing with the son and the laptop, all that. But oh, uh, so I, the, yeah, yeah. What's that? I mean, I know you, you, you're usually my uh, encyclopedia or almanac, or whatever <laughs> I go to for these the more the the part. The, the greater stories, I'm, I'm not versed on them. Yeah, so the big story with the Ukraine thing with Hunter is the corruption, right? It's the fact that they were using this company, uh, Burisma or whatever, as like their personal bank account. And they were they put uh, Hunter on like a no-show job that gave him $85,000 a month, you know, plus like crazy stock packages, <laughs> basically to do crack. I mean, that's what he was doing with all of okay. that money. And the and I guess the conservative. If I'm playing the conservative, it's like, well, people say you know Trump's corrupt, but look at Biden. He's aiding and abetting his son's like crack addiction by basically robbing a foreign country of like a you know of a supposedly a, uh, I think it's an energy company. It's just one of those like like mm. you know white collar slush fund. You know, if you find out about it, they cut your head off and like throw you in the Thames in London type of thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's one of those places like uh, sort of glass building, you know, sort of money mills. Um, yeah, but, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But, you know, I at the end of the day, it's like Hunter is just one of many failed sons. And I don't really find him to be that special. Now, if there's things on his laptop that implicate other people, like he might have been doing crack with, like, say, John Podesta or something, I want to know about that. Yeah, yeah, I want to know about that. But, like, if it's just him being a fucking sad drug addict, like, leave that man alone. Let him do his crack. Like, Jesus. Yeah, it is very, yeah, it is kind of, it let him do it in peace. Yeah. I mean, the guy, like, he's a decent looking dude. I mean, and he's from a rich family, and I think he went to like Yale, right, or something. He was like, oh, I mean, how much, Yale. how much of that is political, like yeah. getting him there, or how much is it actually his own merit? But I don't know, man. But yeah, just the whole thing. It's like there's a lot of families with bad sons. I, I just that's just a bad way to come at Biden. There's a million other things 
But conservatives do love the, the like Fox News. They get really like, oh my god, Hunter Biden. I'm like, this doesn't mean anything. Yeah, the now, let's righteous... look at Biden's inflation and on all the other terrible things the guy's doing or can do. I mean, so I mean, we're we're jumping into the heavy topics, which I which I like. <laughs> So oh yeah, we're going. We're going straight. We're doing this. is This is podcast crack. This is the. This is the heavy stuff. There's. There's no up ramp. You're just right in it. There's nothing else going on here. No, I, I like diving into these uh, conspiracies, which is now you know the powers of be whoever have completely gaslighted the world into taking these things that are totally true, but are just now conspiracies. Like, yeah. It's like that, like anytime Alex Jones, Alex Jones says something that's like true and, you know, they had him getting fact checked on the Rogan show and all that. And he says these things, but now it's all just lumped into one thing. Like you just can't question anything or you're just a conspiracist now. No, the monoculture has gotten, I mean, I think COVID was really the time where they tightened the grip on the media because it was already tight. But now we have this sort of like there's this loudspeaker of propaganda that if you're not listening to it and accepting it, it's very hard, especially with now how the internet like doesn't allow you to find certain things anymore. YouTube, you can't really find the videos. You know, everything is sort of now kind of, the, the, they've, put, they've tightened the news so much. You know, it's even if you saw something or read something that proves your point that's contrary to the you know standard loudspeaker you know propaganda you can barely right. find, you can barely find it anymore and then people right. are just like oh well you probably just dreamt that you saw that like that you know there was that clip where Biden was like there's gonna be another pandemic and um, I was telling my girlfriend about it and she was like that didn't happen like you, you try find that for me and I swear to God it was on Fox News and it was on a bunch of news channels and when I tried to Google it dude I could not it took me like ten minutes to find the fucking uh, clip where he says that he, he want like basically that they know that there's going to be another pandemic. And it's just, Did you it, go to like duck, duck, go or whatever that, I mean, no, I you eventually there's ways to rig Google. You know, I think with most people, they don't really know how to use the internet in a, in like a very, uh, appliable way. Like they just kind yeah. of accept and the internet is perfect for this, right? Like, the whole um, illusion of efficiency, like, oh, you did you mean to type in this instead of that, so that you, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, no, it's it's all just programming, <laughs> you know. Dude, my uh, on that topic and like saying what's crazy and what's not, I've been on this kick lately, and I like, and I'm saying this. I know when I tell this, a lot of people, especially liberals, more more leftists, I should say, I'm not gonna say liberals. Um, I talk about the fluoride thing, this fluoride yeah. thing, and I used yeah. to always push that off. So I've been on like that health, this health kick kind of, and what's good and bad for you. But like, if you actually look into fluoride and what it does to you, mm. and like how prevalent it is, and everything, like all your water and shit, it's like kind of crazy. But then it if you just crazy. say that to anyone, you're just now aligned with that like conspiracist mob. Like you, mm. if you say fluoride's bad, if you say um, just things like that they automatically lump you like you, you're a capital rider. It, it, it's just crazy, but it is actually bad. Like fluoride's really bad, man. And I'm trying to get like a filter and I went down a deep hole looking at that. I'm like, it is crazy. And here's another thing. The, like I, I'm pretty sure uh, most of the westernized world has banned fluoride from its water. Yeah. And then the U.S. is just sitting here like, oh, we need more fluoride. 
can we we could chalk a lot of that up to the unhealthy diets of Americans and sugar, sure, but like the fact that it's banned in other countries, banned, is insane, banned. banned, yeah, it is insane, and also too this idea that if you're going a little bit out of your way to just do something to protect yourself, that you're automatically like some crazy, mm-hmm. zany conspiracy theorist, and it's like, yes, man. I'm allowed to choose what goes into my body, right? Oh, wait, no, I'm not because I have to get the, no. I, you know, and, it, and, uh, <laughs> but, but no, it's like I was overhearing, I was at this, uh, house club in Detroit called Spotlight. Anybody who hasn't been to Spotlight in Detroit, Uh-oh. go to Spotlight. But I was there and it's, it like doubles as a coffee house in the daytime where they're spinning house like 12 hours a day. And then at night, it turns into a club. So during the day, I was just kind of chilling there, like drinking a tea, like hanging out. Actual tea, 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 actual tea, actual tea. Okay, just making Um, sure. Yeah, and just just hanging out. And I overheard this girl talking about her boyfriend, and she was like, "Yeah, he puts his phone into some like weird box at night because he says it like emits radio waves or something." EMF, man. Yeah, EMF, and I'm like. So wait a second. It's crazy that he doesn't want like just fucking electronic stimuli hitting his brain all night long. Like that's crazy to, to you. Like it, it's right. so it's so ass backwards, dude. And I hate to use the term clown world because that's been so co-opted by like 4chan psychos. But no, it is a clown world. Like just anything to that you would do that's not just sort of this passive that that's that's getting you. um what's it called to push back against this like passive sort of assault on your body and brain is considered crazy. Like it's, it's, it, uh, it's wild. It really is. I, the phone thing. Yeah. That's a big thing. And I, you know, I, I, I don't know how much credence I do give to the 5g, 4g. I, there is definitely something there. Um, I, when I have my, when at night, my phone, I keep all the way across my room. It's not even close to me when I'm at home, like on my computer and working, I do turn my phone a lot on airplane mode. Yeah. Um, I try to avoid because the EMF, my buddy had one of those EMF readers mm-hmm. and we checked it and we did it with the phone. We did it with the uh, AirPods. We did it with a fucking microwave. Oh. The microwave is insane how much it shoots at you. But the phone, all that you see when you actually see it, I think everyone should look should at some point see an EMF calculator and see because we actually see all those things and how prevalent it is and all these Bluetooth and all that. It's like kind of crazy. And this is all new things and it's obviously disrupting people's brains. It's doing something, but like you're saying, and just the fact that you just want to control what goes in your body is crazy. Just on that topic, like anything relating to vax, you know, abortions, things like that. It's like, should be your choice to do those things, right? It's not, it shouldn't be in the hands of someone else. Like no if you don't Wesley. want to put fluoride in your water. No, Wesley. See, you're wrong. You think your body belongs to you. <laughs> your body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Pfizer. Belongs to Coca-Cola, <laughs> Exxon, Chevron. It belongs to it, it, it belongs to the college of uh, co- corporations that control this planet. Don't you know that? This that isn't is, about I you. forgot. There is no yeah. autonomy, right? We are in a in a perfect world. We are, will all be connected in the government. We'll be yeah. connected to the government somehow. And I mean, they do usually know what's best for us, right? I mean, I, I, if history can tell you, I don't think they've been wrong once. I, I mean, their record of just treating people great. I mean, I, I can't find anything. Yeah, but, I mean, they've done a lot of 
you know, really great things for humans. And, you know, they always have cared about us. They've done a lot of great things for other countries, historically, always. Um, Honestly. The CIA has done a lot of wonderful things. Yeah, listen, I think... Something comes to mind, I think of them. Yeah, I think, in my humble opinion, that the CIA is just misunderstood. They're just trying to protect us. And, you know, when they are aligned with people like Jeffrey Epstein and Les Wexner, <laughs> that's really just to protect us. Like you got to understand that these guys, they may seem like black hats, but really they're keeping away the real bad guys. You got to remember like they're, they're keeping away, you know, Al Qaeda, who's also funded by us. But the the point is, is that they're bad guys. Uh, but, what were they called? Uh, who did we fund? The Mujahideens? Is that what it was? In, yeah, Mujahideen, uh, which became the Taliban. Yep, yep. And I mean, now they have, the, they have the most Black Hawk helicopters outside of the United States. Like, the, the amount of weaponry and ordnance that we left in Afghanistan is, it, it will make your is head. Is that spin. much? Oh, yeah. That it's, much? it's enough to, like, they could control the whole region if they were organized enough and had enough. Really? Money. They could. They absolutely could with the amount of ordnance yeah. and also cash. Like, I'm not talking about, like, a wire transfer that's like hidden by like, you know, uh, the international yeah. bank of credit. Commerce. Yeah. So I'm talking about actual dollars, like pallets of hundred dollar bills that we just left there that they can just go, mm. you know, across the border and exchange for whatever fucking amount of money they need. Like we just souped up whoever we considered to be our enemies for the next like 50 years. Like they're good. They're yeah. Just- we don't even know where this is going to reach in the future. You're right. Well, yeah. it, it's funny how it is like replaying. I mean, isn't that essentially what happened with the Mujahideen? What is it? Mujahideen? I don't yeah, know. Mujahideen. Yeah. So, and then when I guess that's, we were funding them to battle the Soviets. Right. And then we mm-hmm. kind of did leave. And that's when bin Laden was able to get a lot of the shit we left there. Right. Isn't that, wasn't the whole thing with like them and two and like finding, didn't we have like lithium deposits or something there that they could use for nukes? Isn't there like extra, I don't so know if shrapnel is the word or like. Yeah, the, no, there, there are a lot of mineral deposits in Afghanistan, but to talk about your point about uh, UBL, Osama bin Laden, um, he, uh, it's worse than what you said. It's not that we like left a bunch of stuff there, it's that we directly funded him for a very long yeah. time. We yeah. saw we saw him as an asset. He was a legitimate CIA asset, which means that in that country at that time, there were handlers for people like him, people mm-hmm. that were in contact with him, figuring out what he was doing, aiding and abetting him. You know, it's funny um, that whole uh, death at sea when they, you know, threw his body into the ocean. It's like in 50 years, when we tell our kids that they're going to look at us like we're complete idiots, they're going to be like, wait a second. So there was a guy that the greatest military intelligence complex in the world couldn't find who was hiding in caves. And then when they did find him, they just uh, apparently threw his body into the sea after they like shot him. And you believe that? Like if you're somebody what that you, <laughs> I never even, I did no, I never even, I never thought. So wait, they threw him in the sea. Yeah. Yeah. So what they said was the official story was, oh, we don't want to bury him somewhere because we don't want people to go to his grave site and like, you know, him to become a martyr. But it's like he's already a martyr. And also a lot of these terror networks or at least what's left of them, they're not connected to fucking Osama bin Laden. They they've got enough reasons to come and kill us that have nothing to do with Osama bin Laden. Nobody's out there trying to avenge his name. We've done enough bad shit in a lot of countries that most of the people who have a problem with us are not interested in Osama bin Laden. And also, 
so what if it becomes a place uh, where people gather to to you know whatever like worship him or something? You can now you have a a, a honeypot or a a, a trap, where you, yeah, yeah, where you can yeah, fucking yeah, grab yeah. up people. Like, wouldn't that have helped you if you had put it out in the mountains somewhere? Awesome. in Afghanistan, yeah. like it it just makes no sense. So so they said they we they buried him at sea or they threw him at sea uh, because you know we didn't want people coming to find his body and stuff like that. And mm. then you find out that a lot of the guys that were involved in the whole like Osama bin Laden raid, they all somehow started dying one by one. Everybody around that whole project just suddenly starts to go, you know, sort of like it's funny how the government can do this. They can kind of put a, a black, you know, ink mark over someone's name and just d disappear them forever. And you'll just never find what yeah. happened to them. It's, it's very interesting. Um, no, it is. And I mean, you, well, I mean, when I, I read that book, uh, the Looming towers, I think yeah. you suggested it. I think that's fucking fascinating read. I always tell people there's a book I could tell you to read. I'd read that and maybe like the Bible or something. Yeah. That book does really set the underpinnings of what America, it shows what America did, how our governments do work thing like work, you know, they know these things, they don't do anything about it. How they fund these, you know, coalitions to stop what they deem is to be appropriate. Like, you know, do you want to stop communism? Then justify the means, all that. I think that book is just really uh, interesting, showing that. And you know, it's been this makes me think of like Ukraine. Think going back to Ukraine, people now are, you know, you see people like rocking the colors of the flag, or like you know, in their Inst Instagram at one point, I think had it so it could outline your name with like the flag i don't know i see all this stuff with the flag and people like care a lot about this where the fuck were people when we were raiding afghanistan and yeah. syria yeah. and continue to do so correct right we still are out there destroying things right yeah well they've caught um you know our mockingbird media they've caught them repeating the same lines to people in this sort of monotonous drone-like way to get people who have, you know, news feeds of the mm. mainstream media to literally just get hypnotized by like the same phrasing, the same words. If I say the same phrase to you enough times and you hear it in enough different ways, it sticks in your mind. Like that's just how things work. And on top of that, I, I mean, I've seen this and I don't know if you've seen it, but like I've seen uh, uh, reporters actually stumble with their words and say these are white refugees like these these people are different they're yeah, white like yeah you and think that's you think really that's a big thing is the whiteness of the ukrainians absolutely yeah. i think yeah. there's no there's no better indicator for that than the number of civilians that they want mm -hmm. us to believe have been killed so far like clearly those bodies those people mean more to the mass media and to uh, you know, by extension, the Western world than the bodies that we racked up in Iraq or Afghanistan, because you would barely see, you'd say like, you'd see like dozens killed in airstrike, right? Yeah. But they wouldn't say 27 people were killed. They'll say dozens killed. I've, mm. I, I was looking at, I was on the BBC like every day for like three years. I remember, and this was during the end of the Afghanistan uh, in Iraq kind of, you know, double war. And I remember seeing, cause the British media does a better job of at least telling you that some civilians died, but they don't really put a number on it unless you read the like fine print. 
Whereas with this whole Ukraine thing, they they count every single fucking body that goes. Like every single person, you go, you're gonna find a whole vigil. You'll see their fucking names. I'm like, how many aren't, how many people? Aren't they sorry? like Nazis there and stuff? Like, is that a real thing? I don't really understand what that is. I think what happened, if I'm not mistaken, is that there was that civil war in in Ukraine, and I could be totally wrong about yeah, this. Yeah. So anybody listening, fucking look it up yourself. But mm-hmm. there was that there was that um, civil war in Ukraine a couple of years ago, and the people who were fighting off the Russians were these like extremely far right like uh what's the word um basically nazis uh guys that were pro nationalists they were nationalists for ukraine right right and typically those guys are pretty fucking you know racist and just bad yeah but we had a vested interest in keeping russia from taking ukraine so just like we do in every country we (laughs) gave them a ton of weapons a ton of support yeah, so I mean that's that's kind of what's going on. And the craziest this is the thing that I focus on though the most is their prime minister. You know about him? A bit. I mean everything, you know, my 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 information I take from this is usually from conservative people being like saying that are kind of like in a way taking Putin's side and like this weird, you know, like what conservatives are doing yeah. now. It's like anything that Biden does or whatever conservatives go on there and say like, well, you know, Putin, like, like there's always like a, well, you know, mm-hmm. it's like always mm-hmm. that. But I have heard Zelensky, I've heard some shady stuff. And I mean, wasn't this like, and I hate sounding like this. Like everything I'm saying right now, I feel like I'm like, oh, well, fuck Ukraine, but I'm not. But <laughs> it's like, wasn't, wasn't there some weird dealings with them? Like, years ago with their country like there was something shady i remember with ukraine so the thing that i find shadiest is that the guy who is now their prime minister was an actor right comedian right who i guess was somewhat famous in the country who somehow rises to become their next leader and literally made a movie literally made a movie about him becoming the like when you see things like that, when you see things like that, it makes your head spin. Oh, it makes you it makes you realize that so much of this is theater. So much of this is and if I were to take what my sister really believes, um, just to go love really crazy. Ending. I I yeah. love the, I side that your sister does sound truly interesting to me. One day I'd like to talk to her, but go on, sorry. Yeah, so her belief is that Many of the tragedies that you see happen in the world and many of the major events that you see happen in the world are actually uh, they're, they're almost like stage plays, but with real people and real things happening. Mm. And on top of them being stage plays, they're symbolic rituals. They're things that have to happen in order to signify a next phase in some sort of grand operation. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that the people who are creating these events are staging them it doesn't mean that there's crisis actors or fake people no it very much means that these are real people but they're put in certain places to enact certain things that that me that mean something to the people who are watching it's almost like messages being sent across different lines right right so it's not to say that there's one group controlling all of this it's a college of different groups that are telling each other different things through these these events that are sort of yeah that are that are sort of um you know oh shit sorry 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 um that are see you see how you see how the ops call you see 
when I was talking about very strange, very strange. All right. All right. See, there's certain things my sister tells me I won't even talk about over the over the airway. You know, (laughs) he'll write you off or something. You know, crazy Adam. I'm just a crazy zany guy. That's all it is. This is satire, guys. I love the United States. I love everything about it. I particularly love specific corporations like Amazon. Oh. I mean, Alphabet. was everything you're saying? I don't think. I mean, these are just tall. T- what are the tall tales? These aren't. Yeah, you know, these tale. are just you know, for fun. This yeah. isn't. This is nothing. That's nothing real. But and on on yeah. on that note, on a, on a kind of going from that. Um, like with the Ukrainians, and I guess I guess what I was trying to do is compare that to the Middle East. But then I do sound like a conservative one because when you start like saying, "Well, this happened over here," like, and you start comparing, then it kind of sounds like you're like for it, or I don't know if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I, I notice that a yeah. lot when, like, more so with conservatives, they say, "Like, well, you know, this they did this." It's always like a Apple's oranges, everyone's like comparing that to that when it's like still a tragedy what's happening in Ukraine. But um, I guess my heart, I, 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 I don't know, maybe it's like a shitty way, but like I'm very interested in Middle Eastern politics and how it's become the way it is because like they were just like, and I wanted to jump on this Middle Eastern because you know a lot about this shit, so I enjoy talking about it with you. I always just felt bad because they were just chilling there. Mm. And then there are religious people, and you know, I think Islam has gotten extremely bad rap from what they did, yeah. what they made it look like, you know. Yeah, um, I'm sure you. I mean, you know this more than anyone. And yeah, it's pretty. I think peaceful religion overall. I mean, as far as much peace as religions can have. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, when you take it in the name, you know, you can come up with all interpretations of religions and do what you want. You know, manifest destiny. That was a bad interpretation. Um, the Crusades horrible, but you know, and even some of like jihadism is bad. But I mean, just what what the U.S. did and ransacked their country and stole everything and said, oh well, we're going to make Iraq, Iran, we're going to make your countries like right. They had they did all that with like the, what is it the the Balfour Declaration, whatever it is. They literally were like, yeah. we're cutting you up. Here's your piece. Here's your piece. Here's your piece. And then that religion gets a bad rap for pretty much defending themselves. Again, I'm not saying what they did is right. I guess what I'm getting at this point, and I know I wanted to talk to you about this is like, I think Christianity and Islam and the, the religions of the book do need to come together. I think there's a big divide. And I think that it's time that our religions start understanding that we have a lot of similarities, you know, I think in the future, we're going to look at, the last 30 to 40 years as the era of religious hijacking. What that means is like so many of these religions were taken over by extremist groups with the aid of empires to try to get the most extreme people to destabilize the country so that they could then move in and place their puppets in charge and then use the resources of that country. So when you look at Wahhabism and when you yeah, look at where, yeah. where its source is, like where the source of Wahhabism is, is Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, their official state religion is the most conservative. And is I'm it Wahhabi- that- Wahhabism? Huh? Is it? Is, yeah, is Wahhab- that what it is? That's their... Yep. Wow. That's, that's where it comes from. All the So Salafist is what Wahhabists call themselves. Uh-huh. Um, so Salafist teachings are like the most strict 
orthodox versions of the Quran and its interpretation. The beautiful thing about the Quran is that it is open by its nature to interpretation. Now there's right. interpretation that is backed by literally centuries of scholarship. And then there's interpretation that is literally just state funded or created by someone to control other people. So like when you see the Sufi tradition, for example, like yeah. there's a lot of it, there's a, and, and, and I love Sufism, but there is a lot of it that just, you know, in terms of the full story of Islam, some, a lot of Muslims would say they kind of veered a little bit left. They kind of got a little bit too in love with God, you know? Yeah. Um, on one end of it, right? And then if you look on the other end with um, Salafism and Wahhabism, they went too far to the right mm -hmm. and they went too far to, mm -hmm. um, you know, this strict kind of draconian type of Islam. And doesn't it make sense if I'm trying to run an empire that I would make the day-to-day -day interactions with people as strict and rigid as possible so that the idea of, yeah. let's say, rising up is very hard? You know, like that's it's it makes itself very apparent once people understand the history behind it. And because well, Saudi Arabia is a beautiful way to just have a totalitarian like, it dictatorship, is. it's very it's it's actually a very clean, like 2.0, like very um, advanced way of holding power and keeping power and yeah. keeping people subjugated. Um, you know, you don't need to, you know, like if you put the fear of God in people, you typically don't need to use a whip or a lash. You can just get them to do what you want. And um, the the truth of the matter is, is that because Saudi Arabia has so much money, like I, I really can't stress to my like people think they understand in the hands of a very, 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 very few. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, people people think they understand what it means when someone says they have access to like billions and trillions of dollars, but they don't understand how much that can tip the scales into someone else's hands. Like these people have the, have the resources to build cities in a desert, right? So that's the kind of money and wealth you're talking about. And they export their religious teachings to some of the poorest countries and some of the most, um, you know, uh, what's the word? I guess religiously inclined countries in the world. So when you run into someone who might be from say Pakistan, right? The religious schooling that they got was paid for by Salafist, mm -hmm. Wahhabist mm -hmm. uh, um, sources. So that's why when you go to the uh, consulate mosque in Washington, D.C., it's a beautiful building. You should go and you listen. My this is at least, yeah, th this, this is this is at least in, in my experience. And you listen to their for Friday prayer, their khutbah, which is their um, sort of sermon. It's this extremely conservative uh extremely Wahhabist kind of uh, teachings because they're funded. They are funded by the Wahhabists. They're funded by Saudi Arabia. That's the, that's where the money's coming mm. from. And uh, a movie that's been forgotten. And I talk about movies a lot, but this actually ties into what we're talking about. A movie that's been forgotten that actually explains this very, very simply and in an extremely uh, engaging way is body of lies with Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know I if you've seen that. No, I haven't. Bruh, that it to the the never ending queue of movies that I someday <laughs> watch. If you really want to know about what the fuck it like is happening over there, and the reason why that movie's been buried or it's been marketed as just like a pure action movie, and it's also doesn't have the greatest reviews from critics, which I do not understand. I think it is possibly well, the best 
a rock war movie of all time. Like it doesn't get any better than that. I think Body of Lies and Zero Dark Thirty should be watched as I do. I haven't body- seen that either. I need to see Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, uh, that's on Netflix now, so you have I no. I saw excuse. that also. Do you think? Um, are you ever gonna do the Hodge? I know it's we talked about this at one point. I feel like when you come from a religious background, and you, mm-hmm. you, you've like for me, and I feel like this resonates with you also. I feel like it's inevitable that I will become a pretty religious person like it's always in the back of my mind it's always guiding me it just seems like a predestination element to it like i'm just destined or doomed or whatever word you want to throw on there to become yeah it's your operating system it is you know it's your operating system like it's like you can never get away from it it's the most profound your the most profound questions in your mind have already been answered when you were very young by these religious texts and by these religious teachings. So it's very hard, no matter what you do, to get away from that those first experiences with the existentialism of living, right? You're, that existentialism was sort of solved in a way by engaging with these religions at a young age. And when your brain is forming, it will start to take those ideas in and create the sort of bedrock of your understanding of existence. Um, for me, I'm not a practicing Muslim anymore. Um, and there's a lot of ton of reasons for that, but to be honest, I just happen to find it a little bit alienating, like as much as it is a beautiful tradition and as much as I have a ton of respect for it, I feel like when I engage with Christianity, I can at least understand it better than when I, like Islam is almost like too advanced. It's almost like too advanced for me. Like, 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 I feel like you kind of have to have, it's almost like calculus, right? And I'm not trying to rank them, but like with with Christianity, it's accessible. When you read the Bible, it's a collection of stories that are told in a narrative sense, meaning there's a beginning, middle, and end. So there it's is. very easy for me to, to just read the Bible and understand it. Whereas when you read the Quran, it's not written like that. And I actually didn't understand that until my dad explained this to me, where he was saying the reason why it seems like it's so hard for you to read the Quran, even even though it, does, it is written in like this sort of old timey English, and it's very hard to translate um, classical Arabic into modern yeah. English. It's almost impossible, right? And it creates too many interpretations. Um, but... Uh, it's also just not written as it's not written as a story. There are stories in it, but it's not written like that. It's yeah. written almost as if because you got to remember it's the third ma- uh, major Abrahamic text. So it's almost assuming that you've but read you the know. other ones. Yeah, yeah, that you know. So it's not going to go back to all right. So here's the story and right, Noah again. Right, it's right. going well, it's, it's to just in in a sentence be like and and just like Noah, you will be blah blah blah. You know, and it's just like wait, well, what about Noah? You know. So it's like, yeah. I um, I was reading one online, and I'm going to read the Quran here. I, I was just reading one online, and I started reading it. It's interesting. It is, uh, it, it is. It's a lot of like a, a lot of commands. It's like kind of, it's like more talking at you, not like it's from what I the parts I read, and I'm excited to read that. And you're right with the Bible. It is very narrative, and there's big beginning, middle, end. Um, it and and. I like, I mean, so are you saying you're, you think you're moving more towards Christianity? I would say I'm, the way I answer it is I'm just a child of God. Like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the same, I, I'm, I'm, you know, anything that claims to come from that source that, you know, compelled Abraham, that's sort of where yeah. I stand is yeah. like it, wh- wherever that, whatever it, books are from that source, I will accept as 
you know, literature that I should understand and know, you know? Yeah. And I'm with you. And I guess what, what made me dive into this, cause like, uh, during COVID, when COVID first hit, I went and read the whole Bible. Like it took me a few months. Yeah. It's a long fucking yeah. book. It's a great book. It is. I read it. Yeah. And, and then I started doing a lot of research on middle East and, uh, Islam and reading about the, the, a lot of that. And, uh, the the similarities are very it's, it's crazy they're really not that much different at all when you actually just look at like the main focuses i mean i guess like muhammad is the, what the gatekeeper of the religion but jesus still re- is still revered in the culture which i find ex- extremely interesting but i'm with you like i everything for me it stems more to the abrahamic sense of things where abraham you know to sacrifice Isaac, what compelled him to do that? What compelled him to leave where he was at and go to the Fertile Crest and all these things I mm-hmm. give credence to and I look at like that. So when I'm praying, it's to God. I believe in everything that's been laid out in the Bible, in the book. Um, do I believe everything literally? No, you're not supposed to read it literally, I don't think. Um, right. But it is just very interesting as I go into Islam and how much they're painted to be like bad and they actually weren't that bad. They're not that much difference from us. No, it's um, it's the same way that like Russians think that they're that they don't have any propaganda in their news, and like we're standing outside of it, and we can be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" That's the same as it is with Americans with Islam and the Iraq War and the Middle East. Is that many Americans think that we're just being told what Islam is, and like you know, people like Bill Maher are just like, "Well, I've 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 never seen a, a religion." Bill Maher, that's- dude. Yeah, I like Bill Maher, Maher. and I watch him just because, I mean, he's a smart fucking dude. The dude's smart. Yeah. But he is very, very, very hard on religion. And I'm like, and it's his motto, and I think he thinks it's, like, funny, but it's like, like, dude, there's some fucking really beautiful things that come from religion. The Western world, the world is what it is because of Christianity. I mean, Islam, too, because, I mean, there's a lot of phenomenal things that come to the Abbasid Empire. Um, yeah. the autumn and things like that, but like, man, like without Christianity and even, I guess, Protestantism, and I don't like saying this, in the, but like when, when it, when it became less about subscribing to a church, whether that be the Holy Roman Empire, I mean, whatever deity or whatever's running the Islamic at, at any certain point of time, when like Protestantism came and they gave this, you know, they mass printed the Bible and it became a relationship you could have with your God instead of having to go through a third party to God. That's when I think Westernized culture really flourished because it was more about, it was less about the collective. It became more about the individual. And I think that's what let humans, especially the West just blossom and flourish and among other things, obviously like slavery and all the bad things. But it did allow people to really like, I don't know. It's something to turn the brains on. People started thinking and started developing things. And you know, do you know what I'm saying? Kind of it, it, it it's interesting. No, I, I, it jump started. Yeah. It, ju- it jump started human development in a way. Yeah. It was, a, it was a technology. Like a mm-hmm. lot of people don't understand that a lot of this stuff, if you actually look at like, why do Jews and Muslims not eat pork? Right. They think it's just, Oh, cause they just aren't supposed to eat pork. And it's like, no, it's because the, back then, a lot of religion was also kind of like the government or like your right. health department. You're literally like your health department telling you, hey, you guys don't know how to properly prepare pigs. 
So every time you eat it, you and your family get trichinosis. Right. And yeah, my, that's so, funny. My mom was just saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So what they had to say was like, all right, stop. God is telling you, stop eating right. this. Stop eating it. Yeah, like you know? don't eat any. I know. I think the Bible says don't eat any in like Leviticus. Don't eat any yeah. like winged and or like winged things, crustaceans. Don't eat any bugs, like shit like that. It's like, well, a lot of these things, and you eat them. There's a certain way you have to do it, and yeah. So you think a lot of that was just them putting it up to just the bad experiences. Yeah, I think. Um, I but think most, it was. So what is what does the Quran say about pork? Um, like, so, is this say it's is it the same as the Bible? It's like reviled. It's disgusting. Yeah. Well, no. It's more actually, from what I remember, in Surah Al Baqarah, which means the cow, um, it is about there's it's talking about things that have more bad than good in them. Right. So it says like wine has some good in it. There is some good you know things that you can attribute to wine. But there's also a lot of really bad shit. Like people uh-huh. just get drunk and stop fucking with their family and they stop doing <laughs> the things they're supposed to do. Neglect you know, their children. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, and like, so it's, it, it, and then it starts talking about, you know, uh, swine and it, and it says like, you know, you can't eat the flesh of swine. Um, it doesn't really give a reason why. It just says, don't do that. Uh, but it is in the same part of that surah, if I'm remembering this correctly, where it's saying that there are things that have good qualities, but we, you know, the Quran always talks about God in the, in the plural, like we, you know, he's saying, I like, I am saying that stop, it's not good. Even though you can observe things in it that are good, like, yeah, bacon tastes great, but overall in the long run, it's not good for you. So just chill. And, um, I think that that's kind of the beauty of, of the Quran is that it's um, is that it's very intellectual. Like it's really trying to get you to think for yourself and it's really trying to, it's not just, and it is very commandy, but when you it's think commandy. about, you, th- you think about why that is and you think about the people that were being uh, talked to. So a lot of people think that Arabian culture is Islamic culture, but it's not. It's two separate things. Like Islamic culture is transposed on top of Arabian culture. So there's a lot of things that kind of are uh, that you could mistake for just being what Muslims do, but it's really what Arabs do. Right. And if you think about your typical Arab, and I can say this because I know a lot of Arabs and they wouldn't mind me saying this, um, they shout a lot. They, they shout a lot. They do. They're not yeah. quiet people. You kind of have to be the loudest person in the room to be command any kind of, you know, authority. And if you think about the sixth century with people who were riding around on camels who were probably going crazy because of how hot it was and they were, they were extremely violent. Like when I t- – <laughs> they were fighting constantly all the time about the littlest shit the, they were in groupings of clans and tribes. They were yeah, not was... fully, yeah. They were not fully formed nations. These were people that were marauding around the desert and you know building still advanced civilizations, but also in the Arabian Peninsula, not the Fertile Crescent, but the Arabian Peninsula, mm-hmm. where Islam was was revealed. You're talking about an extremely harsh environment. So if you're trying to talk to people who live in an extremely harsh environment, you can't really sing them chill songs. You can't play Vaporwave and talk to them about how cool they are and go to freaking Urban Outfitters <laughs> with that. No, you've got you've to really get your you got to really get your point across um, 
for somebody like that to listen to you. So a lot of the Quran is actually contextual. It matters to understand what was going on at that time and who was being spoken to. Because it wasn't the entire world that, that was listening to this all at once. It was a very specific ethnic group of people, you know? Yeah. Well, as I... On, on kind of that note, going back to the tribe thing, I know like the what it was the Quraysh that was the I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, you did. Quraysh was the was the big tribe, right? Or was well, that was what Muhammad? No, Muhammad was not part of Quraysh, right? No, he, he was, was kind of he was he was. Yeah, he was. Okay. So he was a part of the Quraysh tribe, which was the ruling tribe and in, in right. uh, Medina at the time and or Mecca at the time. And um, the he thing like, was is that he he wasn't high born though. He was yeah. he was. Yeah, even though he was a part of that group, he wasn't like born to like a leader or like you know big royalty. He was a, a pretty much a regular guy for the most part. No, and yeah, and my thing though is, and here's where I you know I, I read a lot about because I'm trying to find what's the what is true God, you know, mm-hmm. and I believe in God. I believe in Abrahamic senses. I believe in Jesus and those things, but I'm a little. I'm a little slightly uh, concerned or reluctant just because Protestantism and I think evangelicals really left this bad taste in my mouth just growing up around it and like, you know, being in the white culture, Protestants, evangelicals are everywhere. It's very gross to me that. But my thing with like Islam and why I wouldn't go there, why I don't know if I believe it, is it's like suddenly this religion and this is not me trying to be mean i have a lot of respect for islam a lot yeah yeah. i've read a lot of i'm gonna read the quran i'm excited i think it's awesome um but it's like 600 years after christ came and then now this like muhammad comes and starts preaching and getting a following and you know he goes to mecca destroys all the he's like to stop all the idol worshiping that's going on like i know all the stories with the haba and he would go there and 